0: Welcome back to this episode of Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. 106 is the time in the KSL newsroom. I'm very much looking forward to this next conversation. And I already know, uh, I already know that we're going to run out of time before we get, out, get to everything I'd like to discuss. And so let's jump right to it. Uh, for the first time on this program, I introduce uh, to you, audience, Lieutenant Governor Deidre Henderson. Uh, Lieutenant Governor, welcome to the program. How are you?
1: I'm doing great,
0: Lee. How are you? I'm all right. It's an honor to speak with you, especially on the day, your first full day. Uh, on the job, having been inaugurated just yesterday uh, to this position, the ninth lieutenant governor here in the state of Utah. Uh, you and I first crossed paths uh, 12 years ago. You were a campaign yes. staffer working on behalf of Jason Chaffetz and his successful 2008 run. If I remember correctly, one of our first conversations was debating uh, which top which toppings were better at John and Irene Sandwich Place there in Orem. <laughs> Now, as the you and I, pizza
1: sub. It was the pizza sub. <laughs>
0: it, really good. Not 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 a bad choice. Obviously, I go for Bailey's best. Uh, but whatever, we can continue to debate that. Uh, now, you know, from sandwich toppings. Now, when you and I chat, it is about uh, the best course in combating a global pandemic. Uh, Much has happened in these past 12 years. Uh, In particular, and I want to talk to you about trajectory here in a moment, Uh, you ran to replace uh, Jason Chaffetz when he made the announcement that he would be stepping away. You elected uh, not to seek signatures, thereby guaranteeing a place on the ballot. Uh, You were defeated in convention. As you look at today and you look at what could have been then, uh, was there some serendipity there, uh, or, or would you rewrite any of the history that led to this moment?
1: Uh, no, I wouldn't rewrite any of the history. And it's it's really interesting. Uh, back in 2017, I, I really felt strongly like I should run, uh, that maybe there was something that I should learn from that experience. I never felt like I was supposed to win, of course. Um, but I wasn't quite sure what that was all about. And, uh, and it was a painful lesson. Um, definitely not a, a super fun experience, although I did meet a lot of incredible people. And I did learn a lot. Uh, and I wouldn't trade any of that. Um, And it was a hard choice because I do I did love serving in the Utah State Senate. But but now, as I I, as you mentioned, I I, I'm this is my first day on the job as as the new lieutenant governor of the state of Utah. You know, this is an opportunity that I didn't know was around the corner. And I I didn't know that this was where the trajectory would lead me. So I'm very happy to be here.
0: Outstanding. Uh, You both in word and indeed thus far uh, as the campaign carried out and as the inauguration proceedings happened just yesterday, uh, it it appears very clearly that you uh, will not simply be a lieutenant governor uh, that quietly sits on the sidelines serving at the pleasure of the governor. You are going to be in the middle of it, I predict. Uh, Talk to me a bit about uh, about what plans you have worked out uh, as specifically as you're able.
1: Well, of course, I do have uh, some statutory responsibilities um, that that I have to take care of uh, with elections and and a a whole host of things in the elections office and boards and commissions and, you know, whatever else the governor wants me to do. But um, one of the things, one of the reasons I actually said yes uh, to joining Spencer's ticket instead of running for reelection to the Senate was, uh, you know, then Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox. Uh, was very clear that he wanted me to be uh, a, an integral part of his team, a partner, if you will. Although I, I recognize that the lieutenant governor is not equal in stature to the governor, um, but he wanted me to make sure that that I was uh, involved in the day-to-day operations of the state, that I was um, intimately involved with. Uh, you know, working with the legislature on their priorities and our priorities. And that's one of the reasons why I I said yes, uh, because those are the things that I love. Uh, Those are the things that I am good at. uh, And uh, I have relationships there and I'm really excited about the upcoming legislative session.
0: Outstanding. Uh, Any priorities you can share as we go into this general session?
1: Well, you know, this week, one of the things that the the governor is required to do is to um, unveil a budget. Uh, which we will be doing later this week. So we've been working on on our budget. Um, we've been meeting with, uh, you know, key stakeholders and with uh, members of leadership, and we'll continue to do that until we unveil our budget on Thursday. So that's kind of the first big thing. Um, we also, uh, as you may be aware, we our transition team did a thorough review of the uh, all state agencies. And we 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 heard heard from them uh, from those teams that did that right before Christmas. Got a lot of really great information, and we'll be unveiling our roadmap in the in the near future as well.
0: Spencer Cox wrapped up his time. Now Governor Spencer Cox Cox wrapped up his. Time as lieutenant governor in uh, a a role designated by uh, then Governor Herbert to lead the uh, COVID-19 community task force. Is there will there be similar responsibilities placed on your shoulders as we in 2021 hopefully move towards the end of this pandemic?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, yes, but the COVID task force is not a thing anymore. It hasn't been a thing for a really long time. Um, we we have, have had unified command for a very long time, and of course, um, I haven't been part of that as a state senator. Right. Um, but as lieutenant governor, I will be jumping in uh, to that, and I look forward to it. So it's it's a, a huge operation uh, with a, a whole bunch of people uh, from every aspect of, of the state, um, and uh, who are working nonstop behind the scenes to make sure that we get a handle on this pandemic and to work on vaccine distribution and and those types of things.
0: You mentioned vaccine distribution. Uh, Do you have some folks you're ready to call? Are there are there step ones right now in getting us back towards or back closer to what some of the predicted uh, levels were to be at this time of year?
1: Well, we're, we're definitely working with, with all of the stakeholders, with our um, county health departments, with the state health departments and others to try to figure out how to get the, the shots in the arms as quickly as possible.
0: Very good. Uh, let me ask you this about your family. You have a big family, five children, your husband, Gabe, uh, all part of yesterday's festivities. How are they doing? How are they holding up? How are they feeling about going into this uh, new chapter of their life?
1: They're doing really well. They're really excited. They're they're um, proud of their mom, and and that's that's nice. And um, usually, our job as parents, and you just have a little baby, so you don't know this yet. But but one of your main jobs as apparently is to make sure that you embarrass your children. Oh, very good. And um, and so and that'll come as your as your daughter grows up. But um, you know, my kids, it's it's really nice to have at least a day. Um, where they're proud of their mom, and and it was really wonderful to have them all on stage with me and also my three sons-in-law up there on stage with me as I took my oath of office.
0: Here's one final question. It just occurred to me now, and I've had conversations like this with uh, other elected officials, other individuals who are in, uh, you know, the public's eye, you know, day to day, and it is that uh, you will be, you will be subject to uh, attack and criticism. Uh, You you may have encountered some of that during your uh, during the campaign uh, and maybe, you know, in the past as a senator, uh, but uh, that will come and it will be on full display on social media accessible by your children. Is there advice that you give them uh, moving into to this chapter of their life? And, and the reason I ask you and the reason I'm comfortable asking you is uh, when I grew up, my dad was in a, a similar situation. He was a very public figure, and I, I encountered much criticism of him and And he and I never really had a conversation about how I should view that stuff if I should take steps to ignore it or not. Is there advice that you give your children or are there, have there been conversations that you give your children uh, as you step into this new incredibly public uh, sphere?
1: you know there we have had conversations about this and it is it is tricky because that you know when when the kids and, and my husband read stuff online or, or people's comments they uh, they tend to, to want to be really defensive, and, and I have had those conversations with uh, teaching them my number one rule, which is um, if it feels good, don't say it. That's my number one rule. So um, I have taught that to my kids and my husband, and they, and they know, um, well, you know, not to read the comments, um, but also uh, when, when they do feel that, um, that urge to respond or to attack back, that, that that's their red flag to say, okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to engage. Um, but it isn't easy. It really isn't. And, and uh, you know, we talked about this, both Spencer and I talked about this uh, issue. Him, He and his inaugural address yesterday, and, and we had a Freedom Fireside on, on Sunday night in St. George, and we talked about um, the way to overcome the contempt that has really divided America and is threatening to destroy it. Um, is to practice more warm heartedness. And that is something that is really hard, but it's something I'm personally trying to do. And, and that's all we can do is our personal best, I guess, and, and uh, try again when we fail.
0: Yeah, uh, very good. You're absolutely right about the comment section. Don't read that stuff. Scary down there. Scary down there. <laughs> uh, listen, Lieutenant Governor Deidra Henderson, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I wish you the very best of luck. And I look forward to many conversations moving forward. Thanks, Lee. Anytime. Alrighty. All righty. All right. There you have it. Uh, We're going to take a break right now. When we return, there's been a a question festering in my mind over the past, uh, honestly, past few years. And it is, as we move into the Biden administration come January 20th, what is the future of the Republican Party? Especially as we know that tomorrow there will be a line drawn in the sand. Do you accept the decision of the Electoral College? Or do you vote to object? That's the decision Republicans have to make, and it's a tough one and is one that I'm not sure the party itself can sustain. We'll debate that over the next little while. Next up, Samuel Benson with the Deseret News will weigh in on the future of the Republican Party. That's ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.